0: Welcome to The Daily Standard Podcast. It's August 30th, 2018. I'm Charlie Sykes and, and, and I am joined by Jim Swift of The Weekly Standard. Now it's really hot. You're in DC where it's freaking hot and I'm in New York City where it's freaking hot. In fact, it's so hot I can't turn off the air conditioning in the background. So if you hear that, if you hear that hum, that's, that's, I don't know, New York hotel ambient noise. So how are you today, Jim? Uh,
1: I I have uh, I've avoided the heat. I'm luckily I'm a I'm a driver, so I don't have to go on Metro and deal with uh, oh. deal with all of the delays and uh, the hot weather. But um, but well, I do have to deal with the truck. A lot
0: about, you would learn a lot about human hygiene under those circumstances. Yes, wouldn't
1: you? yes. Uh, as, as someone who did take the Metro uh, one point in my life, it is uh, it is it is definitely uh, a sweat box on days like this. All right, I want to talk about a number
0: of different things today, including uh, what's happening with the Catholic Church. Uh, John McCain, of course, is being laid to rest, and uh, it really is an extraordinary week as people look back on on his life and his legacy. and We're also getting an indication uh, that Don McGahn, the White House Counsel, uh, was perhaps uh, pushed out a little bit, uh, fired by a tweet. Boy, who would have seen that uh, that that coming? He basically got the Rex Tillerson treatment, right? They, um, and there's some suggestion that uh, Ivanka was the one who really wanted to push that story out to kind of force his hand and. The president, of course, is tweeting about that. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. Uh, I want to double back on the Arizona primary. There's a couple of really interesting pieces uh, up on the Weekly Standard uh, about how the Republican Party really dodged a bullet in in that, uh, that Senate primary when you had the lunatic caucus uh, finishing second, second and third. And uh, pushing back on the notion that a lot of the media have, have apparently bought into that somehow that Kelly Ward and Joe Arpaio should be described as more conservative than Martha McSally. Uh, I was really glad to see Senator Ben Sass push back on that, and Chris Deaton's got a uh, got piece. But I wanted to start off with talking about—I have a piece up on on the website uh, talking about what's going on with uh, with the Roman Catholic Church. And I will confess that I am a Catholic, but a very, very bad Catholic, so I should not be seen as representative of Catholicism in any way whatsoever— But I I think what's really striking um, about the way this is all playing out is the maybe inevitable tribalization of the Catholic Church as progressives have apparently decided that they are going to rally around and go into a defensive crouch about Pope Francis after these allegations. Now, maybe these allegations aren't that credible. Maybe there are legitimate questions that can be raised about Archbishop Vigano uh, being disgruntled because he wasn't a cardinal. But it's really remarkable to me That the church at this moment of massive Reformation-level crisis uh, is not asking, is this true? Can we present a united front against pedophilia, against child rape? Instead, they're doing what's so often we see happen in politics, which is everybody's going back into their corner.
1: Yeah, I, I thought your piece was great, and I, I myself am Catholic. I wouldn't say I'm the world's greatest Catholic. We have a lot of Catholics here at the Weekly Standard, and you know, on, on the website we have some great stuff, including your story. And on Twitter, Jonathan Last has been talking a lot about this. Yeah. But there is, I think, uh, as you point out in your story, a really unfortunate uh, tribalism aspect to this. And there always has been this sort of division between liberal Catholics and conservative Catholics. And you know, you seem kind of like stuck in the middle because uh, you know, I, I, I personally. Like Pope Francis, I mean, maybe I'm biased because I went to Jesuit schools and everything, Mm -hmm. but his handling of this has been terrible. And um, you know, it seems like to to many people, it's you know, it's like the election of 2016. It's everything has to be a binary choice, right? And uh, it doesn't. Uh, You can like Pope Francis. Uh, You can think that this has been handled very poorly. You can be really disappointed, and this is really, I think, uh, for Catholics is—I mean, it's not our first foray into pedophilia and children and sex scandals in in the Church, unfortunately, but— you know, the the Pennsylvania report, I think, has got a lot of, uh, you know, faithful Catholics um, concerned. And, you know, Mass and this past Sunday, they had this um, custom prayer that they wanted us to to all pray. I don't know if you, you were traveling or, or, or whatnot, but, you know, it was a very unique thing that I assume was not just the, the decision of my pastor. I, I expect it came down from on high. And one of the things that kind of struck me a little bit about it was um, uh, praying for priests, um, in, in this time and I'm, I'm happy to pay, pray for priests I'm friends with lots of priests but you know on one hand it, it felt like we were trying to like pray pray that they don't become pedophiles you know um, it didn't exactly say that and I'm like that seems like a really odd thing to pray for um but it, this is not going to go away. and i I, I fear that your article will be uh, correct in that this this tribalism will you know if you're not part of one of the two camps, you know you're clearly with the other side. And, and yeah. I think it's going mean, to continue.
0: We, we understand the instinct. You know, it's our guy, and you're using this excuse to bring our guy down, so therefore we're going to ignore what the actual substance of of the allegations are. I actually was really struck by the the uh, the Archbishop of uh, Chicago. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, Blas uh, Kupic. I Kupich? don't know. Well, two weeks ago, and I hadn't seen this until after his comments. The Babylon Bee, the satirical site, actually had a spoof where it has the the, the Pope saying, you know, All I'm gonna, I will address the the sex abuse scandal when I'm done uh, talking about climate change. <laughs> and and this is what they wrote: The head of the Roman Catholic Church claimed he is deeply concerned with the tragic report, but is just too swamped with with work fighting climate change criticizing capitalism and advocating for other issues of social justice to talk about the repulsive report at the moment and what was hilarious about that was then of course you have Cardinal kupich who basically says exactly the same thing tells a local tv station yeah the pope has a bigger agenda he's got to get on with other things like talking about the environment and protecting migrants and carrying on the work of the church we're not going to go down a rabbit hole on this like, of course, the rabbit hole is this decades-long molestation of children. I mean, hello, and whether or not the Pope himself might have been involved in a cover-up, uh, might have, uh, you know, looked the other way when, when Cardinal McCarrick, it, it was, it's, it, it's, 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 it's another layer of tragedy. I think on this. Now, the, what I didn't put in this article is a flashback uh, from many years ago, uh, back around 2002. I wrote a piece. About uh, Milwaukee's Archbishop Rembert Weekland. Do you remember Rembert Weekland at all? No. He was a progressive icon of the church. At one time, he was head of the Benedictine Order, and uh, he was a very, very prominent intellectual uh, leader of of the the church. Um, but it, conservatives or the the right wing Catholics in the Milwaukee Archdiocese for years had been, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, he is enabling and covering up a pretty widespread, uh, you know." abuse of, of of children. But because he was such a liberal icon in the church, people really, did, you know, weren't going after, uh, you, know, they, you know, he wasn't Bernard Law. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote a story about a, a really awful case of, of a young man named, named Greg who had been molested by a priest named Dennis Pecor. And it was very clear that a lot of people in the church, fellow priests, knew this was going on. And he went to a Catholic church, I mean a Catholic school, and the teachers at the Catholic school actually came forward and said, hey, this terrible thing is going on. And they all ended up getting fired or pushed out. Eventually, this priest goes to prison, goes to jail. Uh, there's a settlement out of court, uh, you know, a six-figure settlement that, that Weekland really tries to hush up. He eventually is forced to resign in disgrace when it turns out he paid a quarter of a million dollars to a young man he molested. And yet he's still considered kind of an icon uh, on the left in in the church. So th- this was a really good example, sort of a flashback of the way that tribalism, you know, caused people to look the other way because what happened in Milwaukee was as bad as happened uh, in in any in any diocese around the country. Okay? From from that story to uh, John McCain, and uh, I, I, I have to say, it's I, I don't know. I find it very gratifying that the country is taking this moment to you know honor John McCain, but also to kind of engage in a retrospective of what do we value, you know, what 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 is a hero, what what does it mean to be an icon, what do we want our politics to be to be like, and uh, I have to admit, I usually don't watch these things, but I'm I'm going to take some time to. To watch uh, some of this, including I, I hope to be able to watch on 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 Saturday. Uh, you're. Now you're in in you're in D.C. Aren't you, Jim?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm in fact, uh, on Friday he's he's coming and he's in the, in the rotunda of the Capitol. And normally I work from home on Fridays. I, I have my my in-laws coming into town, and I'm I'm trying to kind of pawn off the kids so I so I can go pay my respects to Senator McCain, you know, whom I, I have a great deal of respect for, and I worked for his colleague John Kyle, who wrote a nice remembrance mm-hmm. uh, of him at the Weekly Standard. Um, and I'd really like to go. I was there when Ted Kennedy died. I was a staffer back then, and you know the the, the pomp and circumstance is, is always really moving. But, um, you know, when you get in and you can kind of see it, which, you know, as a member of the press, I I have the ability to do, um, you know, know, public can do it, too. And I think there's lines and whatnot. Um, I just kind of really liked seeing um, in uh, Ted Kennedy uh, when when his memorial service was when he came through the Capitol uh, in a very similar in a way to McCain. You know, it's a days long remembrance, kind of a trip across the country until he was finally buried. Um, Just the all of the people, walks of life. I mean, because it's 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 August. Kids are back at school. There's always tourists in Washington. It was just so neat to see all of the people who wanted to go remember um, him. And I wanted to kind of see that with McCain too, because I got to see him up close. Uh, I can't say that I, I knew him personally. I mm-hmm. parked parked next to him when I worked uh, uh, there. Um, you know, it was yeah. a couple spots over, and uh, I'd see him driving into work. He drove himself. I'm um, with history. <laughs> yeah, yes, he. Uh, I watched him cut someone off once on three ninety five because I knew it was his car. And can you imagine, and then that person caught up, you know, they weren't mad and he and he waved and I could see him waving. Can you imagine getting cut off by John McCain and like looking over and then, you know, he does this kind of wave and you're like, huh, John McCain cut me off on the 14th um, Street Bridge. So glad I didn't flip him the bird. <laughs> yeah. It a, a good moment. Uh,
0: what, what, what do you think about the, the 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 rather odd controversy about renaming the Russell office building for, for John McCain I and mean, the political lineup is... Uh, um, I suppose as 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 eccentric as our political time, where you have Republicans, uh, you know, reluctant to remove the name of a you know longtime Democrat and a um, racist. Seg- a, well, a racist, a white supremacist, a segregationist, all of that. Um, just, uh, give me give me your sense on this. I I, I heard somebody say yesterday, you know, I, Chuck Schumer could not possibly have imagined this would be controversial. Actually, I'm more cynical. I think this was the perfect troll for Chuck Schumer. Chuck knew, uh, Schumer knew exactly what he was doing, when he sort of tossed this over to his Republican colleagues. Yeah,
1: uh, but in, tr- Chuck Schumer has the unique ability to be genuine and be a troll at the same time, mm-hmm. um, not just concern trolling. I think, of course, the building should be renamed for him, and that's where his office was. Um, and it, the, the the thing that most readers probably, or listeners in this case, probably aren't aware of is that uh, to rename a building like that, it doesn't require the president's signature. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's, it's a resolution that gov- governs the Senate, you know, like the House and the the Senate under under the Constitution have the the ability to make their own rules, and it's their building, and they they can rename it whatever the hell they want. because it's you know it's a resolution. It's, it's it just needs to be passed by the Senate. It doesn't need to be passed by the house i'm 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 virtually certain of this. Um, so I guess there's a small chance I'm wrong. but you know if 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 it had to go through the president, then you'd be asking you then reporters would be asking, are you going to veto this President Trump? you know that that would be a controversy. But because, uh, it, it, I believe it does not have to go to the president. It's just something that they can pass to, to do. Um, that's why no one is asked whether or not Trump would veto it, because, you know, reporters huh. would ask that question.
0: Well, the other thing that I think is interesting is there's a there's a whole body of uh, of, of, a, of conservative critiques that. Um, about the well, who are the real racists? It's it's those Democrats. Remember, it was the Democrats who were the pro-segregationists. It was the Democrats. The were, Dinesh were, D'Souza were, or, argument. Well, I was I was going <laughs> to. I was thinking, can I actually go through this this thing and not mention Dinesh D'Souza, but obviously not. This whole thing about, you know, remember Robert Byrd was a member of the KKK. This is like a perfect opportunity for them to say, okay, now here's something that Republicans can do, that we can actually, uh, you know, take the name of a prominent Democrat who was a, a you know, an opponent of civil rights, uh, you know, an overt racist. And by the way, the the words are, t- you know, thrown around way too often, but but they really apply. I mean there there's there's no way to understand Richard Russell's position on this issue without saying he was he was quite literally a white supremacist. Yeah. You're not saying everybody is, but he was. And this would this would certainly be a moment. Okay, speaking of other things I didn't want to talk about. <laughs> I, I I am absolutely puzzled by this uh this this controversy on in Florida the first day after the primary Ron DeSantis uh, the uh, the Republican nominee for for governor um Uses the weird phrase um, that voters, you know, if if they if they elect the African American Democratic nominee, they will monkey. What is it? Monkey Mon- this monkey, up. Monkey this up, and of course now the entire world is consumed with: is this a racist dog whistle? Is this a blowhorn? M- my question is: Have you ever heard that phrase, monkey this up? I mean, I've heard. I've heard muck it up. I've Mm -hmm. heard throw a monkey wrench in. Yeah. But it was such a weird out-of-nowhere
1: phrase. Yeah. So
0: let's give him the benefit of the doubt for just a second.
1: Yeah. I'm. I'm, oh, and I'm what and the I'm, hell was he saying? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a barrel full of monkeys, you know, crazy like a monkey. Uh, you know, speaking of, uh, I was going to talk a second about uh, Philip Hart, the conscience of the Senate who had a building named after him and John McCain being a conscience of the Senate. Not to be confused with Gary Hart, the trailer of which this new movie about him uh, is, uh, came out today and it looks pretty fantastic. Gary Hart's boat was called Monkey Business. So like monkey business is a thing. Um, so, but monkeying this up and you know that your your opponent is an African American it just seems like such a tactical Error. I mean, politicians. I mean, maybe not in 2018. Historically, have you know more or less tried to be very precise about their words? And DeSantis had his own sort of, uh, you know, race about aligning himself uh, with Trump. But, you know, this this is certainly like a, I, I think an unforced error um, that has oh, given yeah. given Andrew okay. Gillum, who I didn't think probably has much of a chance. Uh, you know, it's, why why do you give a political gift like this on the day after you win the day you win a primary?
0: Yeah, I mean, at minimum, it's 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 a it's a bad blunder and in an unforced error, but you know, and, and if and of course there are a lot of you know folks in in Florida were saying, oh, you're making too much of this. It has nothing to do with this. I mean, if he said throw a monkey wrench in, I would say, okay, that that's that's a phrase, that's a thing, but it was the the odd locution of this that I can't and. Um, you know, given g- given how you know, racialized our politics has become, and how the stigma, at least uh, you know, in some circles, seems to have have, have eroded, you know, it it's certainly again I I I think it's bizarre. I mean, I'm I'm just hoping that I'm not asked, you know, flat out, you know, was this racist? Because I, I would like to say no,
1: but yeah. I can't figure out what the hell he was actually trying to his, say. His spokesman told. Uh, Ali Vitale, I believe she's with NBC, yeah. that this is something, I'm quoting Ali here, this is something that the congressman frequently, uh, says frequently to express something that was messed up or not done right. And that, quote, had nothing to do with race or anything like that. Um, you okay,
0: know, fair enough. Then, then you know, if she could come forward with another instance where another human being has used that phrase or he's used it in a
1: different context, I would I would think that that would be uh, relevant. Yeah, and, interesting. It, and and if it's something he frequently uses, I'm sure that investigative journalists out there will start coming through all the records to find other instances. I mean, it becomes a longer story when you start saying he says it frequently. This won't be a one-day, two-day story. This will probably go well into next week, which in today's news cycle is, is ages. Yeah. Um, because forever. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it, it was an unforced error, and then I'm not sure the response. Probably if it's true. I mean, I have no reason. I, I don't know the, uh, the congressman. I don't know what's in his heart. I don't know how he tends to phrase things. But you know, when you when you volunteer something. Something like that—that it—it's—it's it, it, something he frequently says. People are probably going to go look. Yeah, I, I would think so. Okay, I want to double back on uh,
0: what happened in, in Arizona, and and whether or not. Um the, the this this phrasing, which is shown up all over the place, Wh- whether or not it's it's fair to characterize Kelly Ward and Joe Arpaio as more conservative uh, than than McSally. Let's get to that in just a moment because you, uh, Jim Swift, know something about Arizona politics. Uh, but first, today's Daily Standard podcast is brought to you by Express VPN. Look, with all the recent news about online security breaches, it is hard not to worry about where my data goes. Making an online purchase or simply accessing your email could put your private information at risk because you are being tracked online by social media sites. That's not paranoia. That's just the reality. You know, marketing companies, your mobile and Internet providers know what you are doing. Not only can they record your browsing history, they often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from the information, which is why I decided to take back my privacy by using Express VPN. And, and by the way, I have this conversation with people on a regular basis. So, do you have a VPN? Because if you don't and you're using public Wi-Fi, you're kind of crazy. It is, it's one of those things that, look, it's not like you haven't been warned about all of this. Express VPN has easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, or your tablet. Just turning it on takes only one click. Express VPN secures it and anonymizes. It anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. Nobody knows who you are. ExpressVPN is the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you ever use public Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from getting your data, ExpressVPN is the solution. If you don't want to hand over your online history to your internet provider or your data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. So you can do something about this today. And you can find out how to get three months free at expressvpn.com/standard. slash That's expressvpn.com/standard for three months with a one-year package. It's a great idea, and you're nuts if you don't do it.
1: Yeah, radic- it okay. radicalizes you, doesn't it? You know, I, it's I use really a VPN. Good when you think about it. Yeah. yeah, once once you've been through that looking glass, you know, everyone thinks you're crazy, but you're like, no, you're the one that's crazy. You're giving it all away, giving it all away for free. Yeah, you are keeping it all away for free and that's you know it's 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 when there's a
0: breach no one's going to go I had no idea, right? I had no idea. Do you wonder well, okay. Um <laughs> let's 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 talk about uh uh let's talk about what happened or didn't happen in Arizona. You had the I don't know whether you want to call it the Crackpot Caucus. Uh, I do. Um uh, you know the the Joe Arpaio who got 19% of the vote. By the way, wrap your mind around the fact that 19% of Republican voters in Arizona Voted for a guy. I think it was Eric Erickson who pointed, who reminded us of this. Yeah. Voted for a guy who actually framed someone for, you know, attempting to assassinate him, and the guy actually spent time in jail. I mean, Joe Arpaio is to, to say that he's an embarrassment to law enforcement. You know, dramatically understates it. And it cost uh, taxpayers millions because they, they had to, the county day. had to settle with him you know but you, you see all of this uh, this commentary saying well you know voters rejected the more conservative candidates in the race Kelly Ward of course you know Kelly who uh, also was um, you know frankly you know out there you know a, li- living in, in the conspiracy lifestyle as somebody put it the other day
1: and campaigning on it too and and and, and or campaigning on
0: it but with, i do think the- it's important to push back
1: on this that that you know this does not make them quote unquote more conservative no, not at all. And Chris Deaton has a, a fantastic piece, uh, and you know his 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 big takeaways that the word conservative is losing losing its meaning. And he talks and he points to headlines from Reuters, NBC, Fox, CNN, Slate, all saying, "Oh, well, you know, can, can, you know that they were more conservative." And Ben Sass, to his credit, of course, uh, took one of these tweets, um, and, including the Wall Street Journal said, "Martha McSally wins GOP Senate primary, beating more conservative rivals." Mm-hmm. And Ben, goes, Senator Sass goes, "Those people were not quote more conservative." And Chris kind of breaks down and starts looking from like a policy standpoint, um, looking at the views of these three people. And, uh, you know, it's two of these things are not like the other. But, you know, the differentiators that they're crazy and Martha McSally isn't. And uh, but they're not more conservative. I mean, they, they're just out there on on, on kind of bizarre issues. They're, they're, they are not substantively from a policy standpoint, more conservative than yeah. It,
0: it, it, where, where the, the continuum is not right left. There's also a continuum of of right left and crazy. And 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 that and that's that's the thing is it, it's why it's important to push back on this that that the the nuttiest person in the race is not by definition then the most conservative person in the race. Those are not necessarily. But of course, that's a case that's been complicated in the Trump era. Yeah, it, 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 It's a case that's harder and harder to make, but it needs to be made. Conflating conservatism with being crazy. Oh, my. Isn't it, it's great that we have a long weekend coming up because yeah. <laughs> the we have to do this. Uh, no, I, I, Christine makes this point that, uh, look, all of this is to say that McSally, the GOP nominee to replace Jeff Flake, is conservative by, I really, believe, frankly, any substantive measure. Conservative poly- policymaking on domestic affairs during Obama's uh, term called for fewer federal, federal regulations, Obamacare repeal, tax cuts, among other, you know, things like you know, immigration reform and entitlement reform. With Republicans now controlling both Congress and the presidency, McSally has supported the bulk of this platform, even on efforts like the American Health Care Act, which the public staunchly opposed. So basically, she votes with Trump 97% of the time. So it would be interesting to see. Any sort of rational metric that says, yes, but Joe Arpaio, because he is a particularly vile human being, is the more conservative candidate.
1: Yeah, I didn't really, you know. And Chris points this out. Like, what were the, what were their opinions on tax reform? I mean, Arpaio is kind of a one-trick pony, right? Um, and you know, Kelly Ward is actually, uh, you know, did state legislative work, um, you know, before running for higher office. I think this is her second second loss uh, in, in a Republican primary uh, for for a federally elected office. But you know, they they know that in Arizona, the border issue is, is so big and permeates. M- everything in the in politics, especially Republican politics. And, uh, you know, they kind of tried to seize on those thinking that would carry them to victory. And luckily for America and for Arizona, uh, that, w- that was not to be. And uh, the, the best candidate clearly won.
0: Yeah. And, and in this particular case, though, Joe Arpaio, what does he really stand for? You know, strict enforcement of the border laws? Well, they all did. That wasn't the differentiation. Joe Arpaio's entire brand is frankly his brutalism Yes, you know, he's his mean guy. his his over cruelty um, his willingness to uh, override the uh, uh, due process to be as uh, you know to be as uh, punishing as, as as possible and by the way now just let me make a, a, a segue here because it got me thinking about the other story that broke over the last 24 hours that I've been somewhat obsessed about why this is not a bigger deal the 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 new death toll numbers out of Puerto Rico which really should not come as a huge surprise that nearly 3,000 people died in the wake of uh, of that of, was it Hurricane Maria mm-hmm. which will make it about the second deadliest storm in American history if in fact you know legitimately all of those deaths can be attributed to it and the president continues to say that the government did an absolutely fantastic job this reminds me, rather starkly, of George W. Bush's, I think, worst moment. Heck the, of a job! A great, yeah, great job, Brownie, after Katrina. But Katrina was was a virtually president, you know, a a presidency-ending fiasco. And overstating it. And yet this story has never gotten the attention or the traction, just not even remotely. Now, I understand that it's hard to get any attention for anything outside of Washington these days, Mm -hmm. and I understand that most Americans don't really think that Puerto Ricans are Americans. But still, when you're talking about, we are talking about nearly 3,000 Americans who died, and the president is out today saying, we did a fantastic job, nothing to see here. It's, uh, you know, it's... it, you you step back from the tweets and some of the silly stuff, and think, this is a real world substantive issue. Could we ever talk about this?
1: You know, talking about human rights is not something I think this president um, is 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 comfortable with, because it's not something that's in in his wheelhouse. Um, you know, and you, and you see this sort of the way he kind of attacks like NATO and other sorts of institutions. You know, the goal of which, in a broader sense, I mean, not necessarily disasters, you know, is 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 service to. To human life uh, and, and, and preserving a, a way of life, and you know, he, I just—they flood the zone with so many other stories. And the media, of course, uh, loves to focus on scandals, and there are just so many to choose from. Um, you know, obviously, the, the separation policy with uh, with kids uh, got a lot more coverage, and I, I do think that that has a little bit to do with the fact that it was happening here on the lower 48, you know, contiguous U.S., and reporters could easily go and, and, and kind of show and report on this, whereas Puerto Rico, it's, it's not that easy, and maybe not as many did. I mean, many, of course, did, but it's it's a little bit harder when you're, you know, so far away. Um yeah, no, it is, and you know, I mean, in in the news today, there are some things that the Trump administration
0: that is doing that I think he'll be criticized for, but I think are are are, are quite defensible. I, I I'm glad that the. Justice Department is weighing in on Harvard's um, obviously and well-documented bias against uh, Asian Americans. You know, I mean, my my dad always used to mention that you know back in the 1930s there was a quota for for Jews in the Ivy League, and that that quota has now been shifted to the Asian Americans. The Asian Americans are now the new Jews, and I'm glad to see that they are doing that. I'm glad to see that the Education Department is making Title IX you know much more reasonable, much fairer um, and much more respectful of due process than yep. it was but but it's it's hard to become enthusiastic because you know that's juxtaposed again now with the story that the government is pulling people's passports people who have you know lived for 40 years as american citizens served in the military well, you know. yeah serving in the military you know doing all sorts of things you know, living lives as americans now suddenly retroactively going back and questioning their birth certificates i mean you know, it's like, really, it's 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 this balancing of policies that are defensible with policies that are indefensible.
1: Yeah. And and we're and or, or so repellent that you don't want to defend. Right. And, and, and on balance, it's 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 hard in many ways to kind of focus on the good because there's just so much bad going on and you just kind of. You know, if you want to be an intellectually honest person and not just a tribalist saying, well, you know, yeah, I think that's bad. And I think that, you know, it needs to be covered more or like the policy needs to be changed or it should never have been acted in the first place. Uh, and, you know, then people, oh, well, you guys on the right, they'll say, what are you guys? You're not you're ignoring all the big, big wins. Well, I mean. No, but uh, I mean, yeah, we, we, it's, but it's you, you don't get to choose exactly. If you only talk about what the wins are, you, you you don't come across as credible because you know if you if all you do is focus on why everything Trump is doing is great and everything is great, and never run any of the bad stuff, that's not that's not credible in my view. yeah, I mean, I – again, this this, this story, and I'm looking at
0: the the Washington Post story, the u s. is denying passports to Americans along the along the border, throwing their citizenship into question. In some cases, residents of of South Texas have been entered into deportation in proceedings. You know, I this you know is it possible to say, hey, I really do think that we got to strengthen support of the border, but do we have to do it in the in the m- most brutalist possible manner? Hey, uh, listen, I was going to get into Don McGahn, but again, we we talked about this a little bit late yesterday. I mean, clearly, being pushed out. Uh, not a, i am never going to believe that it was a coincidence that uh, that his announcement that his departure was announced uh, what, what a week and a half after that new york times story suggesting that he uh, had uh, you know was cooperating rather um, extensively with a special counsel that I just don't believe in those kinds of I don't believe in those
1: kinds of coincidences do you uh, you know it, it no, I think it's so, Trump is so I, messy now yeah I it mean, is it's, think, it's it's hard to know what what the truth is right I I, I think that Trump because there were rumors that McGahn was going to leave in the fall anyway and so is is Trump knowing this wanting to then take credit before it you know and and, and that that's just another you know Duraflame log on the in the in the you know the dumpster fire of of all of the kinds of things that are going on, I, I you know I'm yeah, willing like to believe lots of things it. about this. <laughs> really, the Duraflame and the dumpster fire. Now
0: you see that's my thing when I go on TV. I always have a you know a little GIF of a GIF of a. How's a GIF or GIF?
1: I'm a hard G guy, but you know we don't we don't okay, we'll we could with, have an we'll, entire podcast about it. it's a big debate. We'll go
0: with, we'll go with GIF, but I always have a um, you know a, 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 a dumpster fire. But I've never heard that particular you know, that particular particular uh, image. The the Duraflame flog, Duraflame log <laughs> in the dumpster fire that is the Trump president. to you ought to write something like that.
1: Yeah, maybe you should trademark it. Got to get that. Got, you know, before we release this podcast, got to talk to my attorney.
0: That we're at least just tweeted out. You yeah. Know, you, know, you know, you know, a little trademark thing. So, Jim, <laughs> thanks for joining me. I appreciate it very much. And thank you for listening to the Daily Standard podcast. I'm Charlie Sykes. We'll be back tomorrow and we'll do this all over again.